Welcome back. The Hammer Down Show is on 101.7 The Hammer and 101.7thehammer.com. Over to the Hammerhead Hotline we go, and our uh, good buddy Derek Schultz is on with us, of course. Uh, Query and Schultz, a uh, tremendous show that uh, you need to be watching with uh, ISC. You guys moved to Mondays now, didn't you? Yeah, you know, what we found last year was uh, a lot of stuff would change in the 24 to 28 hours between taping it which would be Monday around lunch and Tuesday night. So we were like, hey, football season's starting. You know how it is, 24-hour news cycle. Yeah. Uh, we we got to get in front of people as soon as possible. So, yeah, we, we just moved to Mondays, and, and we're pretty excited about it. It's a lot fresher content, if you will. Yeah, because all of a sudden it could be uh, Carson Wentz has one sprained ankle, and then all of a sudden you've taped the show, and then you find <laughs> out he's got two sprained ankles, which was um, – I don't know. It's it's almost impressive when it comes to Colts and early season injuries and camp injuries. It's it you almost are in awe of it the way that some of these guys have been going down over the last what, like five seven years now. It's been. Oh man, you got to go back. You can go back honestly to the end of the Peyton Manning era, where if you go back to 2010, they are uh, routinely one of the most injured teams in the league. And you say, well, how do you know that? Football Outsiders has. <laughs> a metric called adjusted games lost and the Colts if you go back and look especially 2010 to like 2018 uh, they were one of the league leaders they were one of the bottom five teams virtually every single year now they, they cleaned that up a little bit the last two years I think they've been around middle of the pack but you wonder this year if that's going to pop up again and it's not really the fact Jared that they that they have injuries they always have injuries but the injuries are all the key players, and even the guys that are playing clearly are playing hurt. Like, Quentin Nelson's not going to admit it. He doesn't look the same. Darius Leonard's not going to admit it. He doesn't look the same. Mm-hmm. And you need those guys to be very healthy uh, because if they're playing at 85 90%, um, and you, you take that away from them, suddenly they go from an all-pro level to, you know, just, just kind of a guy or, or just a Pro Bowl level, and, and the Colts need those guys to be elite. Well, and Darius got the deal, but Quentin's still waiting on the deal, too, which probably is not good news if you're going to continue to have back problems. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're going to take care of him because I, I think it's fairly obvious. I, I don't think you even need to watch film or, or know anything really about football to understand that Quentin Nelson is the best at what he does and is going to, I think, end up being maybe the best to ever do what he does. Um, the problem for the Colts, and I don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole here, Jerry. I know you got a whole line of questioning and all of that, but I, I think the issue to keep an eye on for this team and just kind of moving forward, not even in the scope of 2021, but just moving forward as well with Bauer and Reich, is the investment that the Colts have in non-important positions. And what I mean by that, I'm not trying to be overly harsh. Like, it's great to have a great guard. It's great to have a great inside linebacker. Uh, what you need in today's NFL is to have a great pass rusher. You need to have a dynamic playmaking wide receiver or somebody on offense that can keep other defenses up at night. You need a lockdown corner. Um, quarterback, duh, obviously. That's a big-time position. And I think one of the issues for the Colts is that clearly this is a good roster, and it's a better roster than it's been in, in several years. The problem is, is that all of their best players are at a positions that aren't impact positions. You know – there's so much going on here with Carson Wentz. You know, he comes in, everybody says, hey, you know what, this isn't so bad. Uh, we like the deal. Um, it, it's a, you know, if it works out, tremendous, right? We're, we found our guy. If it doesn't work out, we didn't spend a whole lot. Goes down with that foot injury, everybody freaks out. All of a sudden, we've overpaid for this guy for some odd reason. This is a terrible mistake. And he comes back here. Now he's been, I don't, 
Is mediocre the right word, or am I being too harsh on this guy? Because I really feel like the fan base is so much on this roller coaster with him right now that it's, uh, well, boy, it's it's almost mind-numbing to how uh, every week it seems like the take on Carson Wentz is changing. Well, let's say this. Two weeks is not a proper sample size. You know, two weeks is whatever. Uh, You know, after after half the season a couple of years ago, Jacoby Brissett and the Colts were 5-2. and So, you know, you you have to have a little bit of a sample size to know kind of what to go on to make a determination there. I think when you consider that he missed most of camp with the broken bone in the foot and the surgery afterwards, this is a brand-new team. And he also missed some practice due to the COVID protocol with the close contact, so he missed uh, three sessions there. All things considered, I I think Carson Wentz has actually played pretty well, and that's coming from somebody that was low man on Carson Wentz. I I was worried that Carson Wentz after last year, where he was arguably the worst starting quarterback in the league, was broken. Uh, At least he's shown that he's not broken. The problem is, is that if the Colts don't get their offensive line figured out, and, and get some of those guys healthy, notably Braden Smith and, and Eric Fisher, then he's going to be broken. And, and that's a big problem. I think a lot of the issues that the Colts have had so far in two games are, aren't really related so much to Carson Wentz. Um, but there is this faction of the fan base that believes that he's going to tap into something and be like the player that he was for 12 games in 2017. And Jared, 2017 was four years ago and a couple of injuries ago. You know, Carson Wentz is not going to be that guy again. Um, if he can get back to the 2018-2019 Carson Wentz, then I think the Colts are going to be fine. And I'm confident that he can get back there. Um, but I think the bar of expectations was so wildly all over the place for Colts fans compared to the national perspective of Carson Wentz that I, I think people got things out of whack. So this 0-2 start may be shocking for people that thought that this was some sort of a, a Super Bowl contender, but I, I never felt like this was a Super Bowl contender. I felt like this was very similar to last year's team, where if things broke the right way, we're talking 10-11 wins, and maybe you have a chance to win wild card weekend or even win the division and, and win a playoff game. Like, that's kind of the bar that I set for this group, and uh, I was surprised to see how many fans um, seemingly had a bar much, much, much higher than that. Well, you know, fan is short for fanatic, as Nate Barrett always tells us here. I mean, there's a reason for it. But, you know, you touch on that offensive line, and, you know, it, that has ripple effects if they don't get that right. First off, there is Carson running for his life, and then there is Carson, you know, getting hurt like this. But then, you know, that also trickles down to Jonathan Taylor, uh, who has not exactly been off to the best start statistically. What, a couple of uh, games in the 50s there, too? I mean, they got to figure that out. But, of course, too, uh, it's how, how many wide receivers are you down right now? I mean, when you're judging, when you're trying to look at the lens of what Carson Wentz is for you as a Colts fan, there, there's so many extra variables that I'm throwing in right now that I'm, I'm really surprised that uh, anybody, you're right, can judge him based off of two weeks where he missed half a camp because of foot surgery. Yeah, you know what you're signing up for, I think, with Wentz, because he has shown that asking him to be healthy for 16, 17 games is a big ask. Uh, given where he's been during his career, not just with straight, you know, out-of-game injuries, but just nicks and bruises. And, you know, it was always something in Philadelphia with him. Um, But I I think the Colts took a major risk in putting a lot of their eggs into the unproven basket, not just Wentz. I I think they really relied on Paris Campbell, who has never been healthy. And, you know, you, you hate to bury the kid for that, but my God, like this is year three now. And they took Paris Campbell over Terry McLaurin, who is blowing up in Washington. They took him over DK Metcalf, Metcalf who is a uh, established NFL star. 
Um, they took Ben Banigou over A.J. Brown, you know, who they're going to see coming up here in Nashville, who's already proven himself to be a number one level wide receiver. So, you know, Kamoko Teray, another one that, that they, they really like, and it's great, and he has shown flashes, but none of this matters if you can't play. You have to be out there. You have to be available. And, um, again, we, we go back to the critical positions and playmakers and pass rush and quarterback, and, and the Colts are, are just a mess there right now. They, they just have a lot of guys who are either injured or underperforming or some combination of both, and, and that has to click for this thing to work or else this season is not even going to get off the ground here. I mean, we, we've talked all along about these first five games. If the Colts, you know, God forbid, go 1-4 and or 0-5, oh they're done. Um, there, there is no, I don't think, catching up for them um, because you look at the rest of the schedule with the Niners and Raiders and games that we looked at early in the preseason and thought, yeah, you know, they can get that one, they can get that one. Um, it, it's starting to look a lot more difficult than it did six weeks ago. Well, there is a little silver lining here. I mean, the performance against the Rams, a lot better than I thought it was. I know that was only three and a half point spread, but I really thought, you know, judging by what I saw of the Rams week one and what I saw of the Colts week one, that this uh, w- wasn't going to be anywhere close. Like, I- I- I'm surprised Aaron Donald did not have about four sacks in this game. Uh, that has to at least give you some hope going forward over the next few weeks. It does. The Rams are better than them. Uh, you know, that. let's just be honest. The, the Rams are a better football team than the Colts. The Seahawks are better, too. So, you know, when I was kind of evaluating this season, and, and even when I looked at the first two games, I thought to myself, okay, well, they're going to start 0-2. What can they do from there? And now I'm, I'm not sitting here saying that I'm not disappointed that the Colts are 0-2, but I can't bury them for something that I expected them to do. We knew that these first two games would be a struggle. The issue is, is that, yeah, they're home games. Okay, so that hurts. But they're NFC opponents. So they don't really play into tiebreakers and all of that. Uh, it, it, they've given themselves, though, a, a very slim margin for error, especially with Tennessee's comeback win over Seattle uh, on Sunday, uh, where you find yourself really virtually in a three-game hole if you lose this game in Nashville to the Titans, because not only will you be two back, you'll also uh, not have the head-to-head, at least temporarily, until you get the return game in Indianapolis. So um, you're right. This was a far more encouraging performance for the Colts and I think you can make an argument that they outplayed them at times, um, maybe not in the red zone, <laughs> but, <laughs> but between the 20s, you know, they, they, they kind of outplayed them at times. Uh, the issue is, is that a loss is a loss is a loss. And, and when you're trying to add things up, even with a 17-game season, so a little more margin for error, you're thinking, okay, well, this team has got to get to at least 10, I think, to have a conversation about being a, uh, a division winner or a wild card team. And thank God the division looks like it stinks because you have – arguably probably two of the five worst teams in the league in, in the Texans and, and Jaguars. And Houston's actually looked competent, surprisingly, so far. Um, but yeah, you're right. That, but that, that's kind of where we are with the Colts. It, it's all great and grand to say, hey, we, we hung with a true Super Bowl contender. Um, the issue is, is that it, it's still another loss in the column. I was going to try to go the whole thing without bringing up the shuffle pass. But you know what? That's I just want the record to show that was on you. I tried to be considerate about it. But that was, uh, boy, that uh, was a, that was a head scratcher. You know, uh, <laughs> It, it, yeah, and um, they just – Donald just blew that play off. I mean, yeah. he's, he's the best defensive player in the league for a reason. And you, you have to, sometimes great players make great plays. I think my first knee jerk was, oh, my God, what the heck are they doing? That's a reckless mistake. But then kind of looking at the play again, and I, I went through it where it was supposed to be, and just the play never developed because Donald exploded it. So um, I think he just kind of – I, I think that play was magnified because of the failure on the first drive. That, that was the one that I really had a problem with, where they, 
they basically ran three straight times into a brick wall. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we, we've seen Frank Reich be imaginative and, and really flex some of that uh, playmaking or, excuse me, play-calling muscle in those sort of situations. And, and you, don't, you don't have a statue back there. You have Wentz. And at that time, we thought that he had two healthy ankles. I mean, I think he did. And for that to be your strategy there on the first drive of the game really was mind-boggling to me. I, I just I didn't understand it at all. Look, I know you're a big fan. I know you're really passionate about that team. The good news here, you, you got, what, four of the next five on the road. And look, NFL home teams are losing an impressive clip here over last season and the beginning of this one here. So maybe getting away from Lucas Oil is just what the doctor ordered. Yeah, maybe. Um, you know, what I've learned from, and you've been in this for a long time, what I've kind of learned is that um, you just can't, you have to ride the ebbs and flows of the season. Like, the, the Colts have done this before where they've started slowly and they've recovered. Uh, they started actually 1-5 in, in 2018 and, and won a playoff game. And by the end of the year, they were clearly the best team. They didn't win the division, but they were the best team in the AFC South. They went to Houston and just smacked them right in the mouth. Um, I remember back way back in 2008 where Peyton Manning had a knee issue in camp with an inflamed bursa sack, of all things, and they started 2-3. and three. Uh, I think they were 3-4 and four at one point, and they rattled off nine straight wins and ended up going back to the playoffs. I've also seen times where they've started poor and then they, they stayed poor. Like 2015, you, you kept waiting for that team because going into the season, you thought, oh, my God, this is a Super Bowl contender. They're going to make, make the next step. And they never did. And they ended up having an eight and eight years. So, you know, I don't want to say that. I don't want to be Kevin Bacon in Animal House, you know, all is well. Because I don't think all is well. The Colts, have, the Colts have a lot of issues that they have to clean up. But I'm just not willing to bury – uh, a 17-game season after two weeks uh, against two good teams and one great one in the Rams. So, you know, that's kind of where I'm at. But with the schedule the way that it is, they've got to get this stuff right right now. And if Wentz is going to miss any sort of time at all, um, I, I think we all know what the ultimate result of this season is going to be with uh, with Jacob Eason. Derek Schultz of uh, Query and Schultz. Hey, where can the fans uh, see the uh, show now? I know it's on Mondays, but I'm sure there's uh, I-, I can access it here if I can't watch it on a Monday, correct? Yeah, the good news is is that we they finally started letting us go, and we were never allowed to do this even during the radio days. Go go live to YouTube, so um, we we tape it, but then we we uh, stream it live to YouTube when it's released at seven thirty. So you can find that on our channel, Quarian Schultz. Um, also in, in podcasts, all major platforms, uh, just like the old radio days. Um, you know, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, all that stuff. Um, and you can also just check us out on our website, QuarianSchultz.com, where we got everything going on there. Super easy to do. Derek, buddy, it's always a pleasure talking with you, man. I love doing it. I uh, love that you guys continue to have success with that show because it's very, very good. And uh, just thankful to be able to have you on the air today, man. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for trying to help me stay relevant, Jared. I really appreciate it. <laughs>